Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see everyone today. Um, I think most of you know me. I'm Paula Forbes. And Lowell's asked me to fill in a little bit between while he and Pat are in Texas. So I am honored to be here to talk to you today and next week. And today is our second Sunday of Advent. So we're going to light two candles today. And the second Sunday, actually interesting, if you start doing any kind of biblical research, there's a million opinions on everything. <laughs> and so what I found is the second Sunday of Advent is love. That's traditionally the one that I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. But it's also preparation, the getting ready for the coming of the Lord. And... For me, the whole idea of preparation is its responsiveness. So God first loved us, and he sent his son, and that was the first step. And the prophets told of it. Isaiah, in chapter 40, says, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So imagine being a prophet and having that voice come to you, to hear that and know that you were creating a prophecy, a vision of the Lord coming here on earth. And so those who believed, it was hundreds of years, many, many generations from that prophecy to the time of the Messiah. And yet those who believed, they were watching and waiting. They were paying attention. So we're told in Acts, well, all over the place. There's like, if I were to give you every Bible reference of him, of Jesus coming again, or his coming in any, whether we see him or whether he comes, we'd be here all day. So I'm going to limit my scripture to a few. But Acts says, this Jesus who was taken up from you in heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. So, Numerous scriptures are going to tell us that he's coming again. So our response to that love is to be prepared, to anticipate his coming, and to be ready. So today we're going to talk about that. And so it's our time to wait. We don't know when that hour will be, and whether it will be that he returns the way he came, or if it will be in our own passing that we need him but it is our readiness that is our that's our job now is to be ready to be alert so whether it's by death or by his return we are called to be ready and for me one of the best ways to prepare myself to be ready is in praise and let's pray precious lord we are so grateful for the knowledge of you and the freedom to worship you in this place. 
Let us leave our weights and burdens at your feet and come to you in love to glorify you and experience your living presence now and forever. Bless us to hear your voice, to know your spirit, and open our hearts to your will. Be with those who are not with us today. Comfort, protect, and heal as only you can do. We gather to praise you and to be fed by your word to us today. Help us to love as you have loved and to be prepared to see you whenever that may be. In John 14, 1 through 3, I didn't list the scriptures because there were too many. And like I said, I can find them all day long. <laughs> so in John 14, he said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And that's one of the best promises we can hear, right? I mean, what can be better than to imagine that our Lord and Savior comes himself to get us and take us home? Praise God for that. A commentary, Matthew Henry, he uh, writes a lot of commentaries on scripture, and he says, when the gospel is preached, the Gentiles would seek Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior and find rest of soul. When God's time has come for the deliverance of his people, mountains of opposition shall become plains before him. God can turn gloomy days into glorious ones. And while we expect the Lord to gather his ancient people and bring them home, also to bring in the fullness of the Gentiles, we will all be united in holy love. And let us tread the highway of holiness he has made for his redeemed. Let us wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life, looking to him to prepare our way through death that river which separates this world from the eternal world. So we can anticipate his coming, but we don't know when. Olivia and I were talking about the subject over the last few days, and it used to be, and I know before technology, all of us remember, when it didn't really know stuff, right? You didn't know exactly the time when people were coming. Maybe you got a letter and it said we'd be coming, you know, sometime. Or maybe you'd get a phone call, but there wasn't this instant information. You didn't have access to knowing everything right this minute. And I remember as a little girl, my oldest sister, she started college when I started kindergarten. And then she married shortly after that and moved to North Carolina with her husband, because he was in service there. And they were there two years, but it was a very, very long two years. And I literally would run to the mailbox every single day, looking for a letter from my sister to know some news of something. 
but that was the only way. And really, maybe once in a while they, there was a phone call, but not very often because it was expensive and it just wasn't something that you did. I don't even think they had a telephone in their home. And I remember when they were coming home from the service and we'd gotten a letter that said they would be home sometime in June. And that was all we knew, it was sometime in June. So I literally waited outside the whole entire month of June. I wouldn't play in the house, I wouldn't go in the backyard, I would only play in the front of the yards where I could see the street to know when they were coming. And, and I remember seeing their car come up the street and jumping on my bicycle and riding as fast as I could go to get down the street to be there when they arrived. That anticipation was probably the first experience I had as a child of just not knowing, but knowing, knowing they're coming, but not sure when, and having that, that anticipation. And my preparedness was, I simply would not look anywhere else. I was waiting for them to come any minute of the day. Now, death is not always the happiest topic. However, it's certain. We know for sure. And yet, isn't it odd it often comes as a shock? It's like, wow, they died. What a shock. Now, if we know that that is simply a doorway into this relationship, this greater relationship with our Lord, then isn't that cause for celebration and preparation every day? If you knew that it was going to be Tuesday, if you knew the day and the hour that he would come, how would that change our day-to-day? -day? Maybe, maybe not at all. I know for me, there's, I used to have a Bible study teacher and she'd pray and she'd say, Lord, if you're coming today, be a great day. <laughs> and I think I've said that a million times since then, that it's like, you know, come on, let's go, we're ready. And yet, that, that not knowing, I can sometimes be forgetful. I can forget that that's really what it's about, that that's really where we're going. I can forget that we're on that path. So I have to be reminded. That's why I read my Bible every day, because it'll remind you. In Mark, Jesus had been teaching his disciples about his return. And he says, but concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels, nor the Son, but only the Father. And Luke says, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not know. There's part of that for me that's comforting because I can continue to just give it up to him and say, Lord, you know. Have you ever lost your keys and said, Lord, you know where they are? And then you get directed and you find them, right? You know, he's in charge. He's got it covered. So this is the same. There's a certain, there's a certain comfort in knowing he's in charge, so you just turn it over and say, Lord, you know, you got this. But again, it's a little uh, disconcerting because until you find your keys, they're lost, right? Until we know the hour, we don't know. So we're living in this very unique experience 
of love and joy and anticipation and promise and uncertainty. That's faith, right? That's what we're called to have faith because we're not going to know. That would spoil the whole act of having faith if you just laid it out and said, here's how it's going to be. So it's a mutual relationship. We have to believe in response to that love. Jesus also said that there was going to be time in between. He didn't know the day or the hour. But we're in that situation now of waiting. So you're probably familiar with the parables of being ready. Some of my favorites um, in Matthew 24. Matthew 25. Jesus talks a lot about the readiness. And this is one of the ones that I, is one of my favorites. He says, the kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the maidens rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, Perhaps there will not be enough. Go rather yourself to the dealers and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other maidens came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, in those days, the idea of keeping oil, how many of you remember from uh, camps. I mean, give me oil in my lamp, keep it burning, right? That was one of the old songs, and I always wondered what that was a reference to. And I think it was this, that, you know, we want to keep that oil in our lamp. We want to keep it burning. We want to keep that fire going so that we're always awake and alert to know. And I find that, for me, it is a much it adds a dimension of joy to my life. There is something about knowing that God loves us, knowing that he has promised so much to us, to be with us, to walk with us, to come and get us and take us home with him, and that to live with that almost secret if nobody else knows, gives us that little extra joy Suspicious, right? People, you know, they don't know why you're so happy. It's like, that's a little scary. They're always so happy. And it's not really happy. We're going to talk about that next week when we talk about joy. But it's, it's a supernatural thing. It's something that comes upon us through the Holy Spirit. The other piece for me is this idea of not knowing. That the technology again, right? We can know anything. 
Do you remember what it used to feel like to not know something? Like you just didn't know. And unless you had an elder or a set of encyclopedias or someone you could ask, you might not know whatever the thing you were wondering for a really long time. We don't have that experience anymore because we can Google everything. We can Google everything and know in less than three seconds the answer to the thing. Right? I mean, anything. So I have this ongoing joke with my kids that if I don't know something, we're in conversation. I'm like, hmm, I don't know that. And they're like, well, Google it. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to experience not knowing for a while. I'm just going to savor this for a minute and just kind of let my brain not know the answer for a minute. Just because it's rare. Because that instant gratification, we gotta know, we gotta know, we gotta know. So this whole concept of even talking about not knowing is foreign. Who doesn't know whatever you wanna know? This is something you can't Google. So, no matter how advanced, no matter how much technology there is, there is still an opportunity for us to experience that sense of not knowing. And I actually like it because most of the time that immediate gratification leads down the rabbit hole, the rabbit hole, the next thing you know, you know way more than you ever wanted to know. That's my case. It's like too much information. So this is one of those where it actually is great comfort because we can rest in not knowing, in that mystery and be comforted by the promises. So we can't Google, you know, exactly when Jesus is going to come or when we'll pass, but he did promise that he would come and he would take us. So in the beginning when Jesus said, well, in his time, when he told his disciples that he would be coming again soon, and he used the word soon, which in those days, that word, the day, could have meant any period of time. So it wasn't defined by a 24 hours or a seven day period or you know 30 days in a month. Soon was one of those words that meant any time that we determine. So it could be a day or a month or a thousand years. So it was interesting the vocabulary, but he still said soon and it was encouragement because in those days, the Christians <clears throat> suffered so much at the hands of the Romans, and they were, I mean, it wasn't free for them to worship. And so they had to devise all these different ways to have their church and to grow the church. And so Jesus knew that, right? And he had told them, I'll be coming soon, <clears throat> so that they could stand it, so that they could get through their trials with that anticipation that it wasn't going to go on forever. Maybe for us it's the same. Some days seem longer than others. So when we are in that place, when we are discouraged, we can take his word that he is coming soon. And we are ready and looking forward to that day. So like young children eagerly longing for Christmas morning, Christians eagerly wait for Christ's return. 
and in doing so, live out Paul's wonderful promise to the church in Thessalonica. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Nothing is greater than to imagine eternity with our Lord and Savior. And that is our hope, our anticipation. And we return his love by being prepared for his coming again. So let us return his love by loving. Let us anticipate his return and our being returned to him. And let us be prepared and be ready for that hour. Amen.